Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. From Los Angeles, California. It's Music Friday Live, brought to you by Solar City, your source for clean, sustainable energy. I'm your host, Patrick O'Heffernan, and today is Contrast Day. In segment one, we're going to kick off the West Coast tour of the fabulous New York-based Cold Blood Club with their eclectic mix of EDM, pop, soul, rock, and just plain fun. And then we switch gears in segment two and talk to the very ever-so-creative, beautiful, and dangerous musical artist Eliza Rickman. So stay tuned. This is going to be quite a show today. Well, before I introduce our first guest, I want to talk I want to thank all of you who have recommended bands on our website. We are booked into July, and we have to hold off booking in August until we solidify when everybody around here is going on vacation. We have a backlist of bands that we're now checking out, thanks to all of you lovely listeners who have recommended them. So hold off for a while, but don't hold off visiting the website. This Friday, we will post a whole bunch of new reviews, that's today, and we are now putting music news on the front page, as well as tweeting out stories from our various bands and friends in the music industry. So keep coming to the website, that's musicfriday.nationbuilder.com, but uh, hold off on suggesting bands for us to uh, take a look at for being on the show, because we have a long list of bands that we're now checking out. Um, Something we're contemplating, if we can pull it off, is posting songs and information from the bands that are suggested and then letting all of you vote on them. Now, there's some technical and legal stuff we have to do first, so it probably won't happen until late this summer, but uh, feel free to let me know what you think of the idea. Just go to the suggestions page on our website, musicfriday.nationbuilder.com, and leave us a note, and that's a note about the idea of posting songs and information uh, from various bands and letting you vote on which ones you'd most like to hear on Music Friday because we are getting a lot of suggestions and um, we have to find a way to sort of prioritize them, all right? And incidentally, while you're there, look around, read the reviews. Like I said, we're going to post a whole bunch of new reviews uh, today. Check out the bios of the bands that are there, and then you can also leave some comments on the blog, too. We've got the, a new blog up every week. So that's it on the website. It's um, uh getting bigger and stronger and much more interesting all the time. I 
course, that's our theme song. That's Big Big Bed by um, Blame Sally. If you ever get a chance to see Blame Sally, they are so good in person. We saw them not too long ago at the Boulevard in Culver City, and they just uh, rocked the place. Well, if you've been following our Twitter feed, you know that I was um, I was at the New Media Film Fest recently, and uh, you should all take a look at their, their website. There's, and particularly, there's one, if you're a music fan, and obviously you are because you're listening to the show, there's one film I saw there that was uh, just knocked me back on my heels, and that was a documentary on the electric guitar. It's called Turn It Up, and it started with the invention of the electric guitar, which is more or less around 1949, although there's some people who who do point to an electrified frying pan guitar a little bit before then, and then the competition that went on um, between Gibson and Fender to keep making better and better and better and better um, guitars. So if you get a chance to see that, I know it's going to show this weekend in um, in Boston at the Arlington Theater. Uh, this was the West. I saw the West Coast uh, preview uh, night night before last. Um, and then it will be slowly rolling out across the country. But if you have an opportunity, go to the website. It's called Turn It Up, and it's a documentary on the electric guitar. Okay, we have to take a little break now for some commercial messages, and uh, then when we come back, we'll welcome in our affiliates, and also we'll talk to Tom Stewart, founder and leader of the Cold Blood Club. Don't go away. You're listening to Music Friday Live. Our troops aren't the only ones fighting right now. Thousands of military families are in crisis. They're fighting financial battles, how to pay the bills, even how to keep their homes and feed their children. You can help by supporting Operation Homefront, a national nonprofit that provides emergency assistance for military families and for wounded warriors when they come home. To learn more about how you can help, go to OperationHomefront.net. Cameo Entertainment Group and CyberStation USA are now part of Stitcher, a free radio app for your smartphone. With Stitcher, you can listen to live programming as well as archive radio programming right on your phone. To obtain Stitcher, just go to the App Store for your particular phone. Go to search, then type in Stitcher. That's Stitcher. S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R. S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R. Then download. It's that simple. Stitcher, a free radio app for your smartphone. Convenient access to live and archive CyberStation USA programming on your mobile phone. That's Stitcher. S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R. CyberStation USA. Always on the go. I'm Patrick O'Heffernan, your host of Music Friday Live, welcoming our listeners on the CyberStationUSA.com network and their radio affiliates. If you have questions or comments for our guests, you can call us, 347-215-7511. We'll put you on the air. That's 347-215-7511. Or you can email your questions to musicfridaylive at gmail.com. That's musicfridaylive at gmail.com. And if you are listening to Music Friday on a podcast, and I know a lot of you do, you can still email questions to our guests. We will forward your questions to them, and they can reply directly to you. So, And uh, incidentally, unless you tell us differently, we will mask your email address so you don't end up on some band's mailing list that you didn't authorize. Uh, But um, they can send their answers back uh, to you through us. So that's if you're on podcast and you still have something you want to say to one of the bands, you can go ahead and email the question in. Pure, high-octane, poetry-laced, intelligent, dance-fun music. That's what I feel when I listen to the Cold Blood Club. 
They get your body moving and moving and moving, but they make you listen to the words. When I think of dance music, I think of EDM or, say, dance-oriented 60s rock covers or even the kind of rapid-fire boogie-woogie that uh, Donya Oxford blasts out from her Hammond. But the eight people who make up the Cold Blood Club have taken it to a whole new level. And they have done it with thoughtful lyrics that make you want to sit down when you're exhausted from dancing and just listen to what they're saying. The leader and founder of the Cold Blood Club is with us today to tell us about those lyrics and that music and their West Coast tour, which they are kicking off, I understand, tomorrow morning. Tom Stewart, welcome to Music Friday. Thanks for having me. Tom, this is a big band, eight people. (laughs) You know that really well. There's a lot of Uh, us. Yeah, you and your your former bandmates from your former band, uh, Radio America, you, you put it together. Now, how did you do that? How did you know what people would fit together to make this kind of unique sound that you've created? Well, you know, actually, it wasn't... Oftentimes, you know, if you start playing music when you're really young, and Jesse, the bass player from our group now, was the, was the other holdover from my old band, uh, Radio America, our old band, Radio America... Uh, when you start playing when you're younger, you know, you just want to make a joyful noise and get a bunch of people in a room. Um, this band didn't start off so um, organically. I mean, actually, quite literally, it started off with me making songs on a laptop in my old kitchen in Brooklyn. And uh, really kind of just breaking down the way I'd done things in the past. So, you know, instead of just coming up with a you know song on you know a guitar or something and walking into a room full of guys and being like, Hey, you know, I think we should take it from point A to point B. This was sort of, um, I got myself out of my comfort zone. You know, I was working with a lot of uh, production, uh, like in-the-box production, so I was programming beats and, you know, using synthesizers really heavily for the first time. And I think that's where the dance vibe first kind of popped up. And also, when you get yourself out of your comfort zone, things tend to be a little bit more rudimentary, so it became really poppy really quickly because all of a sudden a lot of things I I, maybe had a little bit higher skill level for had fallen away from me. Like I, I kind of had a rule at first. I'm not just, I'm like that I was going to compose without playing the guitar, for example. So then, you know, you take away your biggest crutch, and you know, if you're not as dexterous a keyboard player like myself, I play like Hey Jude level piano at best. Then things get a little simpler, and you start going for rhythms, and you start thinking about structures in a different way, and maybe more vertically. So like a, a great dance groove kind of just goes and goes and pulses, and I don't know. Long story short, to put all that together, I had a lot of layers, and it became abundantly clear to me that if we weren't going to play live with samples and if we weren't going to play live with sort of, you know, substitute sounds, then we'd really have to bulk up. And so what be- what started off with just me and Kendra, our singer, um, kept multiplying in terms of things because we were like, well, instead of having strings, we'll get a violin player. So we got a violin player. Um, Jesse joined, you know, very early on because instead of using synth sample bass we were like let's just get a bass player let's just talk to jesse and um one person at a time from there really just built up sort of into you know an accidental union of all these people but uh it wasn't it wasn't like a an architected decision from the get-go okay well it, it certainly worked uh i've been listening to your songs all week and um, early on it thank you very much it, uh, well it's my job, and it's also a great joy, too. <laughs> right. Early on, it, uh, it struck me how intelligent they are. This is, like I said, this is kind of a thinking person's dance music. Um, did, did that evolve from the mix of people, or did you kind of lead it in the direction, or are you sort of always been that way? 
I don't know. I I suppose it's more of a um and it I think it's more of a it's more of a, an affliction of mine than I think I've carried to the band than anything. Um I like telling stories. I think there is a lot of thinking man dance music though in the indie world these days. I think that you can give a lot of credit to DFA Records in New York and what they did to sort of make that an acceptable um perspective um from whether it's or you know like a band like TV on the radio which I wouldn't necessarily characterize as dance music necessarily but they're very yeah. groove oriented um I I think that if you're writing pop music and this is something I felt since before the band this present band um if you go just back to the you know, the source of most things in pop music if you go back to the book of the Beatles um the great thing about a, a good pop song is it should seem maybe like effortlessly appealing on first listen, but then if you listen to it 50 times, there, there, you know, there maybe something else will reveal itself, and um, that really means an awful lot to me. And I think there's a reason that you don't get sick of certain records, or or we as a, you know, like as a, as a like a, you know, loose association of like cultural critics never get you know like sick of certain records or certain records that everybody can kind of use as touchstones because. Geez, you know, sometimes I'll listen to, you know, to just to mention it again, the Hey Jude, and I'll think, oh wow, that that lyric never stood out to me before, but today it seems so, so profound, you know. So, um, well, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I it's yeah. not something we really discuss as a band. We discuss the parts more or less, but yeah. the, the lyrics just, I don't know, they they they, well, they, they kind of come and go. It, it works, and and I want to give our audience a sample of of what I mean. Uh, this okay. is down from your 2012 album uh, Headlines and Firefight. Thank you. There's a damn fine girl looking at me. There's a damn fine boy looking through me. And so there must be something that I don't There's a line in that song, in, in the first verse, uh, because there's no communication between the two halves of the nation, followed by the refrain, we're going down. Um, yeah. Is that a statement on the polarized politics of the country right now? No, I, I, I was just kind of having fun with words, imagining that, uh, you know, there's a, what's, there's a line between, uh, there's a line on a Hold Steady record where he says something along the lines of, uh, Boys and girls in America are so cruel to one another, or or have such a sad time together, and that's really what that line means. Like uh, the two sides of the nation, it's it's like uh, there's you know looking through one another, etc. Uh, that's where my head was at with that one. Okay. And then uh, you know the we're going down thing is just sort of a sort of I, I get a little morose joy out of doing something that's very emphatic with very kind of um, I don't know sort of fatalistic undertone or melancholy undertone, like sort of a celebration of like, yep, well, we're all going down. What can we do? You know? <laughs> well, 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 your earlier band, Radio America, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong here, was kind of ideological and, and also progressive. Um, yeah, you did some it, nice research. Yeah, we, 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 had, we, we had our hearts on our sleeves, I think, a lot. 
Uh, do you still have it, or do you have it kind of embedded and camouflaged in the poetry and the lyrics? I don't think it goes away. If you're if you feel really engaged about things like that, and we and we, you know, we ended up being, um, you know, we spent our spent the better part of our uh, 20s suffering through the Bush years, and I think it was really frustrating. Um, and it, it, and, I, and it seemed like an appropriate thing. I think if you're going to write about politics, you have to feel it really, really um, powerfully, like you would feel if you were writing a, a love song or a song about you know, a, you know, a death in the family. I mean, it, it's one of those things that you can't do half-hearted. And I think there's a time capsule quality to it. Unfortunately, it's very hard to write that Bob Dylan protest song that doesn't need a time and place. And um, I think for uh, me, uh, yeah. getting a little older, all of a sudden the things that I really was thinking about, the conver- you know, a lot of songs come from conversations that we have, you know, amongst, that I have with my friends. And the conversations started to change a little bit, and I think the songwriting did. Well, speaking of poetry, um, here is some poetry uh, set to music. This is a song called uh, Goodbye to All of That, which I really, really like. Thanks. Now, it takes a while, as you pointed out, to, to, to get to the words and uh, goodbye to all that. But later on, you sing, and we died laughing somewhere in Bushwick as the punk scratched a seven-nation itch. Um, and then you go on, you say, we never helped the soul, we never held our ground, I was the passenger, goodbye to all that now. Uh, what's a seven-nation itch? <laughs> it's, uh, it's just trying to be a twit, and uh, was it seven-nation army and seven-year itch? I don't know. Just okay. Came out. All right. <laughs> uh, well, it, more seriously, um, what do you mean by you? N- you never helped a soul. Oh, it was that, that line. You know, uh, we never helped a soul. I was a passenger. Goodbye to all that. It was just sort of this feeling. The whole song is. It's obviously a compendium of memories of uh, uh, late nights in New York City over the course of ten years, running around doing, in, you know, getting up to absolutely insane trouble. Uh, with my best friends and sort of making it, the you is like kind of all of those different people of all those different nights, you know, into one, you know, you as if you're singing to that person. And then uh, the, the, I was a passenger. We never, we never helped a soul. It was just sort of like the, maybe the one takeaway regret that, you know, was that we just sort of sat and watched it all. You know? Okay. And it was a great, Um, and it was the greatest show on earth, but you know, we never did anything. (laughs) <laughs> well, speaking of memories, um, you come from um, Worcester, Massachusetts. Um, yeah, the place, uh, which I've been to actually. Um, oh, sorry. And, <laughs> no, that's all right. I was in college at the time, um, and I discovered that there was a pretty good punk rock scene there when I was in college. There was, um, yeah. Yeah, and I don't know if there still is or not. I haven't been there in a there's long some, time. There's a pretty good music scene still. Okay, well, I understand that in your younger days, you spent some time at the Poets Asylum there. Did, did you do poetry slams, and is that where you learned to write such great lyrics? Well, I don't know about the great lyric part. I'll let your listeners decide. But, um, 
Yeah, I did actually. I was I was in the first National High School Poetry Slam. Uh, my mentor was Bill McMillan, who ran mm-hmm. the Poets Asylum for you know years and years. I think founder too. Well, it, uh, it, it certainly paid off. Um, we're talking with Tom Stewart, founder and leader of the Cold Blood Co- Club, um, who start their West Coast tour next week. I understand he gets on an airplane at 6 o'clock this morning, uh, tomorrow morning. Uh, you it can might call well be in. This right, yeah. You can call in or you can email us. The number is 347-215-7511. The email is uh, musicfridaylive at gmail.com. We got an email here from L.A., from Raymond in L.A., and Raymond wants to know if you're going to have to change your music at all when you uh, play in L.A. Is L.A. music that much different than New York music? When we play in L.A., if we're going to have to change it? Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know if I know how to answer the question. I don't know if he's just trying to be kind of snarky or clever. Um, for us, you know, like we, you know, we're, we're from the city. We're all from different places. We come together, and our music is... I think if we're talking about the lyrics, there's a lot of New York-centric lyrics that we talk about. But in terms of uh, on a brass tax level, we're just going to come out and play. They're, all of us are coming out. So it'll be the same. Uh, we've got one here from um, uh, Slender in Salt Lake. And Slender wants to know, what is the Brooklyn dance scene like? Oh, you know, it's, 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 a really, it's really segmented. Like, um... I have some friends who do some really cool hip hop nights. I used to do. Um, I used to participate in some myself. I was uh, Adina, our keyboard player, and I were running our own dance night for the spring. It's kind of like, I mean, it, it, I would like to say it's eclectic, but I mean, it's sort of people in niches. Like people do EDM, or people will do, you know, like kind of a throwback hip hop night or a contemporary hip hop night. I think that a few years ago there was sort of a more exciting quality when, like, at the height of what you know the rapture and lcd sound system were doing where there was a lot more actually live um dance oriented groups and a lot of them have disbanded or gotten on to tour the world constantly or um relocated to places such as los angeles <laughs> so um you know the live music scene um there was a more of a dance bent i think you know f- uh 5 4 5 years ago that it's a little that's a little bit more absent now but there's still great like parties that you can go to any night of the week Okay, all right. Um, you, you mentioned Kendra earlier, and, uh, and, and people should actually check out your, your website and your videos, and you can see Kendra. Kendra, is, Kendra sings a song, uh, it's got a video, uh, White Boys, mm-hmm. uh, video directed by Chris Mert. Now, given that Ken, Kendra is a big, tall, beautiful African-American woman, it's kind of an interesting song, right? Yeah. And uh, I, uh, I, I want to play a little bit of it. I can't play a lot of it because there's parts of it we can't play on the radio, but I want to play a little bit of it, and then let's talk a little bit about it. Now, there's a line in there I, I really like, because um, I'm a tour de force and you're a broke-down, one-horse town, right? 
I, I'm not sure I would like to be her white boy, but I, I love the song. Did she write that? No, um, but you know, we we kind of concept things together very heavily. I'll put it that way. Okay. Um, right. The idea was the idea was that we were, you know, she, well, anyway, it, it, it's very it's very collaborative, but on a strict sense, no. Does the whole band get involved in in, in writing songs? Um. You know, some bands that that is like you know, de rigueur. That's what you do. Um, with this particular project, and it's sort of the part of the way it started, and also in terms of having to wrangle everyone, um, really hasn't been the case. Um, doesn't it doesn't mean that in a lot of ways it's not really really collaborative. And in some ways, it, it, this is sort of an a sort of an odd thing. In some ways, we're even more collaborative because my my job is to put a hard hat on and write songs and make sure that we're always, you know, we always have material and also to, you know, always oversee at least as co-producer the, the, you know, the recordings of the albums and everything. Whereas Hillary, our violin player, is our art director, so she's just in charge of that soup to nuts. And so in a weird way, um, we're more collaborative than ever because that's her thing, this is my thing. Um, you know, Kendra being, you know, our, you know, our on-staff copywriter and our lead singer so much i mean there's so much artistry to that and you can't you know so you can't minimize it and i could go person for person and and tell you like the other things that they bring to the band um when it comes to just the songwriting though um it's it's something where i bring in a pretty good blueprint and then we talk part for part what people are going to do We've got a lot of people here who want to know about your guitar. Apparently you're a Telecaster man and a lot of people want to know which Telecaster do you play. Okay. Um, on, I hope I don't disappoint them if they come to see us on the Strip in, in, in Hollywood, because I won't be bringing my telly to the West Coast with me. I'll be bringing my. Um, I have like a Mustang uh, custom shop thing called a, a Cyclone or something that Fender makes. But I am a Fender guy. The the telly that I have is actually uh, it's a it's a Mexican telly from the early 90s, like one of the first years that they produced them there, and it's a it's a fat one in that it's got a humbucker in the in the neck position. Mm-hmm. So that's that particular Telecaster. Well, I'm sorry we're not going to see it. Is it up on your website? Can we see it on your website? Oh, I'm sure there's there, there's there's a mountain of pictures um, if you go to the website or especially Facebook. I, every it seems like every one of our uh, our actually our we sort of have a, a a dear friend who's sort of like the fifth Beatle in the group. He's our photographer, uh, David uh, Broscu. And um, he's taken copious shots of almost every single uh, show the band's ever played. So you can you can you can see all the guitars I've ever played live. I'm pretty sure. I'm looking forward to seeing the yeah. seeing the one you're bringing with you. Um, yeah, David will actually be coming out to the West Coast with us too, so you can see those shots too. So. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. And, and while while we're talking about, it, let's talk a little bit about the tour. Okay. Um, you start in Midtown Los Angeles at the Mint, which is one of my favorite places. Um, then you're going to do, that's an early show. I believe it's on at seven o'clock on Monday. Yeah. And which is actually a, a good time slot at the Mint on Mondays. And yeah. then Tuesday, you're going to be at Hemingway's in Hollywood. You're doing the 8 PM show. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be a little rowdier. Um, and then you move to the famous record parlor. Have you ever been to the record parlor before? I have not. I'm looking okay. forward to it. Um, immensely. Oh yeah. For those who haven't, it's on Selma Avenue, uh, just off of Coenga, and uh, it uh, is a combination venue and place to buy guitars and everything else, and it's stuffed full of 
every possible guitar and speaker and amp and whatever you want. You, I'm, I'm sure you're going to be drooling all the way. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then you go to the famous satellite. Uh, yeah. In, in Silver Lake, and that's formerly uh, Spacelands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and a a landmark in in this town, and that's an 8 p.m. show, and 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 that's a really really good introduction to L.A. Did did I get everything? Did I miss anything? Yeah, you got you got you got the big milestones. You know, okay, we're around are, are for an any... extra couple of days if anyone wants to have us over to like a barbecue. But yeah, those are the gigs. Oh, we'll have to keep that in mind. Okay? Yeah. And if not, you can go down to Venice Beach and and, uh, and and get a suntan, which I understand is hard to do in Brooklyn. Yeah, or, or a tattoo that says like mom. <laughs> okay, well, we have another piece of music here. Um, uh, one of your really, really, really danceable things. This is uh, M- Michelada. Yeah. Um, okay, let's listen to a little bit of this. I, uh, I I love the uh, the tom tom beat in that 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 really makes you want to get up and 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 move. That's just pure fun. Well, it's thanks. Pure, yeah, right. <laughs> well, uh, as uh, as I said, we are just about out of town. So once more, uh, first of all, where can people get your records and your songs? Um, you know, for, for starters, any place you buy music digitally, you can you can get a hold of our records. We have a we have our EP out that we put out a couple of years ago called. It's going on two years now called. Headlights and Firefights, mm-hmm. and um, subsequently we've released the version of Down that you heard. Uh, we released that as a single last summer. Before that, we released uh, Goodbye to All That single, and then we just re- released the song you just played, Michelada, as a single. Those are standalone. You can get them on iTunes. You can listen to them on Spotify. You know, knock, your si- knock yourself out. You can buy records directly from us through our website, you know, coldbloodclub.com. Uh, but yeah, any place that vends music online, pretty much you're covered. A simple Google search will take you to us. Okay. In, in the minute we have left, I've got a lot of people here who, who emailed in a question they want to know. Oh, how you. do you move eight people around the country? Do you rent a truck? <laughs> More like a forklift, right? Um, but uh, no, we're just flying out. Uh, we, we rented a house out in L.A. It's going to be a great time. Okay. I think if we were moving up and down the coast more, we have a van we would just have to pile in the van and you know okay. you know figure out how to economize so well, well welcome to uh Los Angeles i'm looking forward to meeting you uh, uh on stage uh I'll, well I, you'll be on stage i'll be in the audience uh, <laughs> next week and i want to remind everybody once again you're at the mint in midtown la you're doing a seven o'clock show on monday and you're that's the honeypot H- showcase too which is a really cool thing in and of itself yeah it is uh, Tuesday, you're at Hemingway's in Hollywood. You do an 8 o'clock show, and then you, uh, you move on to the Record Parlor on Selma, and then you wrap up at the Satellite in um, Silver Lake, and that's also an 8 o'clock show. So everybody should check your website for all the details, because they're going to have a lot of fun. I want to thank you so much for being with us today, Tom. Oh, thanks, Patrick. I really appreciate it. 
Okay, we have to take a break right now, and when we return, the beautiful and dangerous and very funny Eliza Rickman is going to be with us. So don't go away. You are not going to want to miss this. Our troops aren't the only ones fighting right now. Thousands of military families are in crisis. They're fighting financial battles, how to pay the bills, even how to keep their homes and feed their children. You can help by supporting Operation Homefront, a national nonprofit that provides emergency assistance for military families and for wounded warriors when they come home. To learn more about how you can help, go to OperationHomefront.net. Cameo Entertainment Group and CyberStation USA are now part of Stitcher, a free radio app for your smartphone. With Stitcher, you can listen to live programming as well as archive radio programming right on your phone. To obtain Stitcher, just go to the App Store for your particular phone. Go to search, then type in Stitcher. That's Stitcher, S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R. S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R. Then download. It's that simple. Stitcher, a free radio app for your smartphone. Convenient access to live and archived CyberStation USA programming on your mobile phone. That's Stitcher, S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R. CyberStation USA, always on the go. We're back here at Music Friday Live. I'm your host, Patrick O'Heffernan, and uh, we are broadcasting on the Blog Talk Radio Network, the Cyber Station USA Network, and their collection of stations. And as you, can, as you just heard, we're also on Stitcher. We would like to hear from you. You can call in 347-215-7511. That's 347-215-7511. You can also email us. You can email us at musicfridaylive at gmail.com, musicfridaylive at gmail.com. And Andy in Boston, I'm sorry I didn't get your email uh, in time, but uh, the answer to your question is that the documentary on electric guitars will be shown at the Arlington Theater in Arlington, which I think is just a little bit outside of Boston. I don't have the time and the date and information. Why don't you uh, look it up online? But uh, uh, it's the Arlington Theater, and the name of the, the, the documentary is Turn It Up. And if you're a music fan, you're going to love it. Now, a important word from our wonderful sponsor, Solar City. Now, you all know solar power is a huge win-win for homeowners and, and business owners. But a lot of you have been reluctant to take the plunge into solar because there's a lot of upfront costs. Well, with Solar City, you can go solar for zero upfront costs. That's right, zero upfront costs on approved credit. Solar City will come out, they'll install a solar system on your home for free, and you only pay for the power you use, just like you do from the utility company, except you use a lot less of it because the sun's making it. So Solar City pays for the system, it insures the system, it maintains the system. All you do is enjoy the savings. So if you've been ready for solar, but solar has not been ready for you, it is now at Solar City, America's number one clean energy provider. How do you find out? Well, you call this number. I'm going to give you a minute to get a piece of uh, paper and pencil. You call 909-618-6937. That's 909 909- 618-6937. And when you call that number, you're going to get a wonderful woman by the name of Tina who works at Solar City. Tell Tina that you heard about it here, that you heard about it here on Music Friday that I told you, and you will get a deduction on your first order. So that's 909 I first saw Eliza Rickman at a club in Los Angeles, and I, I didn't know what to think. 
I could tell she was a genius, but I wasn't sure exactly what kind of a genius. Her music is minimalist, a toy piano, a ukulele. Her lyrics were seemingly simple until you begin to think about them, and then they opened up all kinds of lines of thinking. Her stage presence was unique, an ethereal, lovely woman in an antique wedding-style dress with her hair piled up on top of her head, and I, I recall, I think she also had bare feet. And seemingly, she had no awareness or concern about her, her physical uh, beauty up on stage. She was just there, and she was just there while she told stories, some disturbing, some profane, some obscure, at all very funny. And she sang in an angelic voice about things that angels generally don't sing about. So I asked her to join us here for some reason, and for some reason she agreed. All right, I'm proud to welcome Eliza Rickman to Music Friday. Hi, Eliza. Hi. Thanks for having me. Eliza, the, the new album that you released, uh, OU Sinners, um, sound like from the title it could be religious. But, um, uh, well, Tell you what, I'm going to play just a little bit of it, uh, to, and then we can we can talk about it, okay? Okay. I want to give the audience a little taste of what I'm talking about here. Now, there's some lines in there. Um, Hear me out, O you sinners. Cry aloud and bless us, O you saints, which sounds pretty religious. And then you sing, I'll crawl round, drop down, writhing for thee, singing, which doesn't sound particularly religious at all. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So what's going on there? (laughs) Um, Well, I like to leave lyrical interpretations open. Because I think that I I like when things mean different things to different people. But I will say that um, I I was raised uh, in a deeply spiritual household. My dad is a Baptist preacher. Um, My mom is the church secretary. That means I was the church pianist. I was kind of born into that situation, that arrangement. Um, So. I the the idea of like God's love and eternal love is something that I was raised with and I do think that whether people are religious or not it is a metaphor that people can relate to or understand if you're comparing you know um God's love to like intense love between a man and woman um so that's what that is about okay. Well, I, I like the idea that that your your lyrics are ambiguous and you do leave interpretation to your audience because that means we have to think about them. Yeah, right? and Please. and I think yeah. that that's important. There are so many bands that uh, you don't think about them. The, the music, the, the lyrics just kind of blend in with the music. Oh, yeah. and on, which is why I like to have you and the previous um, guest on, because both of you write lyrics that you have to think about. 
Now, yeah. moving on to the music, um, you're known for the toy piano, but you've gone beyond that to yeah. the accordion, the bass drum, and you re- recently added a looping pedal and a wine bottle um, to play, not to drink. And I, I know that you trained on the piano, like you just said, but it's, it, how easy is it for you as a trained pianist just to pick up something like an accordion and, and learn how to play it? Uh, I, I I was I'm lucky I was I guess gifted I can pick up anything and write sort of a minimal song on it. Um, I've I've always been that way. When I was a kid, I played some other instruments that I don't even incorporate into my music yet, or at least right now. Um, but the accordion is actually really hard. It's way harder mm-hmm. than I thought it would be. I took one accordion lesson from a guy in San Francisco with, of course, he's in San Francisco, and he had, the, he had like, the accordionist's mustache. And he taught me one lesson, and he taught me how to play Mary Had a Little Lamb in the key of C. And that's the only lesson I took. I, like, couldn't handle any more than that. And I only, when I do play accordion live, I only play the one side where the buttons are, where, the like, the chords resound. <laughs> Uh, it's really tough. It's a completely different animal from piano. I deeply respect anyone who is talented at an accordion. I agree completely. When you were learning the accordion up there, did you happen to trip over the uh, the accordion babes, the the group? Oh of yeah, women? I, oh, I yeah, do yeah. know them. Yeah. Well, I know Renee only because both of us are linked to a fella up in Seattle, a musician named Jason Webley, who is. Brilliant, and he also surrounds himself with um, kind of up-and-coming DIY performers. Um, Yeah, both of us have toured with him. Okay. All right. Yeah. So you've probably, you've probably seen the calendar they put out every year. Yes, I have. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, sometimes I play house concerts, and surprise, the Accordion Babes calendar will just be like there. Yeah. Really cute. Right. I know a number of them, too. Um, yeah. You have said that, that you draw on things that you experience, which, of course, many singer-songwriters do. They mind their own lives for their lyrics. But, but you've also said in the past that your songs are mostly about relationships with men, and they cause you a lot of angst. Now, yeah. the night I saw you, you talked about your relationships really, really personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you made those personal conversations, revelations, look easy regardless of who you were describing as causing you yeah. where do you get the courage to stand up in front of a bunch of strangers and tell us all those intimate details? I don't know. Um, I guess, I mean, when I was younger, my whole life, maybe until I was about 15 or 16, I was painfully shy, painfully. Like if someone had told me back then that I would be doing this now and that especially that I would be so open and vulnerable on stage, I would not have believed them. Um, and then something happened around the age of 16 or so where I had this epiphany, like life is too short to be holding back or keeping secrets. So I am kind of an open book to the chagrin <laughs> of the fellows I date. Okay, that's one way of putting it. Uh, I want to play another one of your songs, which is far less explicit than uh, some of the things you um, you say before you introduce songs like this. This is uh, Cinnamon Bones. Scratch it up and turn 
That's a, a great example of the toy piano, but there's some lyrics in there. Crawling flat on broken glass to you, to you. Scratch it up and turn, catch a fire and burn. That's pretty powerful image. I hope that was metaphorical and not autobiographical. Right? Correct. Uh, yes, uh-huh. and I will uh, leave it to our audience to interpret it. But um, the use of the piano in that, the toy, the toy piano in that, uh, you know, the more I listen to that, the more complex that, that becomes. You, you, you set the meter and you set the, the tone and you also create kind of a, an, an environment in, in doing that. Uh, do you have to work on that or does that just sort of come naturally to you? I think it comes naturally, yeah. I, I use whatever instrument speaks to me when I'm writing a song on it. Like more recently, I've um, been writing more on the auto harp. Um, mm-hmm. And both of those instruments are sort of restrictive. They're, they're small and you can only do so much with them. Like the auto harp has, my auto harp has 15 buttons, which means you can play only 15 different chords on it. The toy piano has two octaves on it, so you have to write everything within the confines of two octaves. And I tend to work well under that sort of restriction. But yeah, I was an orchestration major in college, or at least I ended up uh, going in that direction the second half of of college. Um, and so I think that's sort of where that comes from, orchestrating and conveying a mood with a sparse accompaniment. Well, well, I think you have said uh, that it's a lot easier to carry a toy piano around than a grand piano, so... Yeah. And maybe some sense in there. We're yeah. talking with Eliza Rickman, and you can talk with her too. You can call in 347 215 7511, or you can email her. We have some email here uh, for you. Um, we have a, a question, apparently, it's from a, a gentleman who's been to your concerts. Uh, two questions. First of all, he says, and this is from uh, Brandon, I believe, in Los Angeles. First of all, she's an amazing live performer, one of the best I've ever seen, and her newest CD is one of my favorites. But I have two questions. Mm-hmm. As a father of a young child, I was wondering when she is performing and she sees younger people in the audience, does she tone down the profanity and the swearing? I'd like to take my daughter <laughs> to a show, but I'm kind of apprehensive of the sometimes fairly salty language. So do you? Yeah, especially if it's an all-ages show in LA there aren't a lot of all-ages venues. But I'm a little a little bit less Sassy. Okay. If I see kids. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, do you do, you do uh, like a regular show at an all age venue? In LA? Yeah. No, there are some, there are a, a few options. There, there was a really great venue, all ages venue called the Echo Cario that I loved playing at, especially. They, they were really friendly to touring musicians. It wasn't about like getting X number of people in the door, paying and saying that they were there to see you. It was just about having a really good 
experience in providing a fun night for out-of-town bands in a city that's not always friendly to out-of-town bands, but they unfortunately got shut down. And I personally haven't found an adequate replacement. I have played at Pear Space a couple of times, and that's a pretty cool all-ages spot. Um, haven't played there in a little while. And I'm looking for like a house concert arrangement, like a good house concert, kind of more sophisticated house concert environment in L.A. If anyone is listening and wants to help out with that. You let me know. Well, as a, uh, a person who ran a house concert series, which, uh, or co-ran it with a number of other people for five years in Marin County, I know it's, it's a wonderful experience. So if there's anybody out there who's interested in putting on a house concert for this wonderful lady, send me an email, and I can send you uh, a little instruction manual on how to put on a house concert. And you've got one of the best entertainers in L.A. here who would love to be at your house. Now, there's a, a second question here, and okay. it's, um, along with her amazing music, I was wondering if she's considering a stand-up comedy career and also wondering <laughs> who her comedic influences are and whether she has considered collaborating with somebody like Weird Al. Oh, that's funny. Um, n- no, I have not thought about pursuing stand-up comedy, but um, it makes sense that people would notice that I have that sort of comedic approach. When I first started uh, performing live um, many years ago, I didn't talk between songs. There was zero banter because I just sort of assumed that people wouldn't care about what I had to say. And maybe even back then I didn't have that much to say. I'm not sure. But then, you know, within a few months or a year, I started having a glass or two of wine before my shows, and then I would just be a dork between songs and tell stories about what had happened that day, and people laughed. And I was like, oh, people do care about what I have to say. And now I arguably talk too much between songs. Um, But... I, yeah, I'm an open book, and I find amusement in humor. And um, more recently, like within the last year or so, started hanging out with a lot of comedians, especially when I moved up to Portland, Oregon last year. Um, I moved up there for a really unfortunate situation, and uh, and one of my dearest friends up there who kind of helped keep me from... I don't know, being a complete nervous wreck. Uh, He he helped me get my mind off of things and would take me out and just so I could have some fun. Um, He was a, he's a comedian and he did um, introduce me to a lot of other comedians. His name is Christian Ricketts and I think that people should check him out. I am, I find it my life's mission lately to like make him famous outside of Portland. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Yeah. He, he kind of introduced me to the, the circle of comics. Well, if he comes to L.A., uh, maybe I have the, uh, both of you on the show together. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure if that's a promise or a threat, huh? Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, speaking of, of the shows, um, you are sort of on tour now. You're currently playing in Southern California, in Los Angeles, and Pasadena, and San Diego. But next weekend, you go to one of my favorite secret hideaways. That's Vladimir's in Inverness, which is, uh, for those of you who don't know, it's on the west side of Marin County. It borders Point Reyes National Seashore. So um, how did you find Vladimir's? 
I, um, yeah, a few years ago I was hanging out in San Francisco a lot. And if you hang out in San Francisco more than a couple times, you'll probably hear of a band called El Radio Fantastique. I believe mm-hmm. right now they're a seven-piece band. Really fun to watch. And they Very attractive. They're kind of reminiscent of, like, New Orleans um, some interesting instrumentation. The front man, my friend Giovanni, is very charismatic and good-looking. And um, I met them, and they told me uh, that they all lived in this town called Inverness. And they booked us a show while I was on a West Coast tour. They booked us a show uh, at a place called Vladimir's, and I had never been there before. And I went. Um, Unfortunately, that very first time that I played there, I had a, I didn't know it at the time, but I had a really awful ear infection. So I was miserable and couldn't even really enjoy myself. But um, Inverness over time has definitely grown on me, and I, I love that place. Like if I could live anywhere in the country, it would be there. Well, uh, the uh, uh, Radio Fantastique is actually decamped to Point Reyes, which is, uh, as you know, is, is on the other side of the, the water there. Uh, but they're still doing their thing. Uh, and uh, you may have run across a drummer, R.T. Goodrich. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, R. I've met T- all of them. Yeah. Okay. Well, R.T. is now in Junk Parlor, which is coming to Los Angeles in a couple of weeks. And they're really good friends of ours. His, his wife uh, used to take care of uh, our horse when we lived up there his feed so it's a small incestuous community um are you going to take a day off and go hiking at point Reyes while you're there can you imagine me hiking <laughs> 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 actually i i will go for nice walks but i do not ever seem to dress appropriately it's like not i don't know it's a concept i can't seem to wrap my head around is dressing appropriately for outdoorsy activities so yeah you, you'll see me prancing about the forest or whatever and little flip-flops and hippie-looking dresses. Um, yeah, I, I love it there. I'm going up to Inverness for summer solstice. Some friends of mine are throwing a party, and so I booked a few show dates around that time so that I could be up there because it's, it's a little extra magical in the summer, that yeah, area. I'll let, all, I'll let all my friends in Marin County know. Speaking yeah, of... Clothing. Uh, Cecilia in uh, Tampa once uh, says, uh, from the pictures on your website, I love your costumes. Do you have an entire closet full of frilly dresses? Yes, I do. <laughs> I, and actually, a, a friend of mine suggested a while back, and I should have I done this already. She suggested that I do a webcast or, or make a live um, performance video of me singing in front of all of my dresses lined up on a clothespin, and I was like, yeah, I should totally do that. Well, well, that will be the uh, the first commercial for your line of clothing. Yeah. Mm, okay. We're, we're, we're talking with Eliza Rickman, and you can talk with her too, uh, 347-215-7511. You can email her at uh, musicfridaylive at gmail.com. We've got some more of her songs to play. Uh, we've got one email, though, I, I do want to uh, sneak in here, and this is Andy in Boston, and Andy wants to know, do you ever tour on the East Coast? I do, but it's rare, and I guess now that I think of it, it's been, a, it's been about two years, a little bit over two years since the last time I was on the East Coast. Um, be, because it's so far away, it has to be like extra worthwhile for me to like drive all the way out there. I can't afford to fly 
so, yeah, I have a Prius. My tours consist of me hopping in my Prius and driving in weird uh, circles or figure eights around the country. And um, I haven't been taken out to the East Coast anytime recently, but I'm hoping to do that either later this year or m- more than likely next spring. Yeah. Well, 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 Andy, let, let me suggest that if you send her uh, some airplane tickets, courtesy of the show here, you might see her a lot faster. Um, we're gonna, I want to play a little bit more of your music, and here's one that is really intriguing. And this is uh, Start With Goodbye and Stop With Hello. What a concept. Start with goodbye, stop with hello. Catching our breath out in the cold Lover on fire, thrown in the mire Scandalous man, name me your plan We'll start with goodbye, stop with hello Never a hand, hardly to hold Big city flame, move with the day Wanting it bad, ever returning home. Now, much has been made of the fact that you didn't learn to sing until you were 20. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a more interesting question that that, that particular song uh, pulls up for me because you really modulate your voice so beautifully in it and it's and scaffolded so nicely by the toy piano, is what made you decide that singing was going to be your major tool of communication rather than sticking with music or orchestration? Oh, yeah, that's a great question. Um, This story is kind of hilarious. I'm not making it up. Every time I tell people, they giggle a little bit. Um, I, I moved up to the L.A. area from San Diego, to transfer in to university. I went to school at Azusa Pacific, which is in Azusa, California. It's kind of like in the, it's between LA proper and like Inland Empire area near Pasadena. And um, I originally was planning to be a piano performance major and my goal was to be an accompanist for choirs. Uh, And that's what I was going to school to study and that is what I did for a job uh, while I was in college. I would mostly accompany uh, voice students. And um, I did take a voice class in junior college because every single music major has to take one. Doesn't matter what you want to do with music or whether you want to be a singer or not, doesn't matter. Like you you could be pursuing teaching tuba at a school and they will still make you take a voice, a singing class. Um, I begged counselors to not make me take it because I was so shy and convinced that my voice was awful. Um, most people we don't are like running, the sound We of are their running own out voice. of time here, right? So, oh, okay. So what, what, what was the final key to the decision? Well, I um, ended up becoming obsessed with practicing ragtime in college. And because I was so good at that and neglecting all the other piano repertoire, um, the piano faculty put me on probation for playing too much ragtime. And um, that felt like a crisis at the time, but oh. it forced me to take a step back and think about what I really wanted to do. Well, I'm certainly glad you thing. did. We yeah. are out of time. I want to thank you so much for being uh, here with us today. Uh, the album is OU Sinners. It's available on Bandcamp. 
check out her tour and everything else about her on the website, www.elizarickman.com. That's www.elizarickman.com. Catch her live if you can. She's a masterful entertainer. There's nothing like it. Thanks so much for being with us, Eliza. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Music Friday with Patrick O'Heffernan from the Cyber Station USA Network, the Blog Talk Radio Network, and our radio affiliates. Like our Facebook page, follow our Twitter feed, and you'll get real-time updates on our guest. Our producer is Lars Christensen. Our program director is Jason Bartlebin. Our intern is Angeline Serrano. You can download this and other Music Friday programs at cyberstationusa.com or at blogtalkradio.com, and they actually get posted on blogtalkradio.com slash musicfriday a lot faster. Be here next Friday. Check out our Twitter stream and our Facebook page, and we will update you on the guests. Good night, everybody, and have a great musical weekend. No, no, it's okay. That was pretty much the whole story anyway. (laughs) Okay. You, You will get a... You will get a letter from the uh, the network that says thank you and uh, a URL where you can download the uh, the show and you can use it anywhere you want. Goodbye. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.